You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strictly Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you want to be on the show, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this is a call and advice show where I talk to total strangers and I give them my unprofessional advice when they're looking for advice. Sometimes uh, people just call into my show because they want to talk about their secret lives or their interesting lives that they lead, uh, live, lead, whatever. <laughs> so if you uh, want to be on my show, send me an email, strictlyanomouspodcast at gmail.com. Mary, the girl who I talked to today, she wrote into the show. She uh, was like, oh, my problem isn't really, it's not really like that interesting. I don't know if you want me on my show, you know. Basically, she's a married girl who's not really happy in her marriage, but she has this very detailed uh, history of how she got to that um, miserable marriage. It's really interesting. And uh, she was really looking for advice. And really, I started my podcast because I like to help people and I just wanted to call an advice show. Uh, so podcasts like this, when I'm just talking to somebody that actually really is looking for advice and at that place in their life where they really need the help to like sort of... Uh, change things in their life like I love these kind of podcasts because this is what I love to do and I think that this girl is uh ready to change her life uh Mary even though she's miserable and the title just sounds so sad like married miserable Mary or whatever <laughs> kind of fucking title it something sad and miserable um but she, it's not a sad and miserable podcast uh it's just you know real life shit like this is a girl that had something pretty horrible happen to her when she was younger and we talk all about that and then she acted out and did all kinds of things and wound up in a relationship with a guy that she doesn't really like and she's not really happy with him but like we we discuss like would she be happy with anyone else is she happy with herself like you know that's all the kind of stuff that we talk about and you know you could imagine the answer to that question right <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I, what else? Uh, we talk about, you know, because we talk about like, you know, she's in bad relationships and she acted out because of shit that happened to her. And I talked about a lot about my relationship history and how bad that was. And uh, we talk about my book that I wrote that she said she had purchased. So if you want to, if you're listening to that part and you're like, oh, what the fuck is this book? Uh, the, my book is called The Cartoon Misadventures of a Total Trainwreck and it's available on Amazon and you could buy it there. It's basically a book that I wrote and drew. It's like a graphic novel, like full of stick figures and relationships gone very wrong stories or like short stories. And it's true. It's like basically like my losing my virginity story until I turned 40 and every single guy I dated. Uh, so you could buy that, like I said, on Amazon. And uh, I'm not a writer, but like just to be forewarned, I'm not a writer and I can't fucking draw, but I wrote and drew a book. <laughs> but I think it's kind of funny. And uh, I think it's kind of interesting. So if you want to buy it, buy it there. But I'm going to be right back on with Mary. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? 
Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Uh, hey, Miserable Mary, you're on the Strictly Anonymous podcast with Kathy. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, but you are miserable, right? I mean, you're good, but you're. I'm calling you Miserable Mary because <laughs> you left it up to me to make your name up, right? And I was looking through I your, did. Yeah, and I was looking through your email, and we have like a couple of things we're going to talk about that happened to you in the past, but like basically the gist is like you're a miserable married person right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what goes... I am. Yeah, I'm like, what goes good with that? And it's like miserable married Mary, right? There you go. But um, there's... Th- Absolutely. Yeah, but there's things that we're going to talk about that made you miserable. Besides the fact that you're married to someone that you're not happy with, there's stuff that happened to you, though, when you were younger, that really, I think, was so tragic that it, it definitely set you down the wrong path, right? And changed your life because it was really hard to deal with, right? And then you acted out sexually with drugs and alcohol and all that kinds of stuff, right? And, and now... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And that would... Like, why don't you explain what happened? Like, what that pivotal time was like in your life and what, what happened to you that made you sort of act out like that? Okay, so... um well, I was a late bloomer getting my lovely monthly friend, I guess, we'll start there. And uh, because yeah. of that, um, I ended up having to go for a surgery. So um, they were just going to go in and see, you know, what was going on, see if they could make things happen for me. And so I go under the knife and um, wake up. And it was, uh, you could see the work on people's faces that things weren't quite right. So, um after, you know, I came down a little bit off the drugs they had me on, uh, my mom sat me down and basically told me, you know, they had found out that my uterus was cracked in half while they were inside, and um, they had removed it while I was under um, a decision my mom made while with the doctor, um, because they thought that would be the best idea. So, I guess at 14, I had a partial hysterectomy, so that really pushed the ball, because, you know... Women always want to be moms, and that was always one of my biggest dreams in life. So finding that out, waking up, I guess uh, it devastated me. It truly did. So I could imagine, That's especially because it's started. on so many levels, it's devastating. And like, let me ask you this: Do you know what, how your uterus was cracked in half? Like, did you did you have any kind of bad accidents when you were younger? Like, what? How did that happen? Or were you born that way? Like, what did they say? Right, like I don't know. They don't know. To be honest, they don't have um a hundred percent answer. They say it's very, very uncommon. Um, it doesn't really happen. And the doctor really had no answers as to why it happened. Um, I can think back to one time when I was younger, about five, I think I was. Um, and I was on a teeter totter with no candles. And, um, so the one girl on the other side jumped off and I landed really hard. And I remember it fucking killed. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. Right. Uh huh. I mean, other than that, there's no real answer. So I think that's another hard part, right? Just not knowing why. Yeah, totally. I'm and a then big why person, right? So. Right. And you had no pain or anything. It was strictly they found out because like you weren't getting your period and you were like how old? 16 at the time? And you still hadn't gotten it yet? I was 14, yet? yeah. And I hadn't got my period yet. So they were a little concerned and 
But that's a little bit. Let me just ask you this, though, because I mean, don't some people not get it? I think I was like 15 and I didn't feel like I was really late. Like why at 14 where they decided to put you under the knife? I think that that's like very young to make such a drastic, I mean, drastic decision. Like that's not that old. I mean, it wasn't like you were 17 and you still hadn't got your period. 14. That's not like that young. No. Right. And so I I thought it was pretty young, too. You know, my mom was the first one to be a little concerned about it. You know, she's like, well, it never comes to me. And I'm like, well, it hasn't happened. Right. And so, you know, with her talking with her friends and stuff and all my girlfriends had already got their period. And I think my mom was just concerned. Right. So she just went in and she had booked appointment with the doctor. And, you know, they had done a whole bunch of tests first um, just to see, you know, make sure everything was good. And it was. So. They're like, well, let's just go inside and look. Maybe, I guess all girls have a band. And if the band doesn't let go, I guess you don't have your period. Yeah, but let me ask you this. But let me ask you this. Was there, because maybe you don't have a memory of it because it was so long ago. I don't know how old you are now, but like. Uh, did did, they, did anyone say at that point, like, maybe wait two years and see if you get your period and then go under the knife? No, like, there was there was no waiting. Um, it was all pretty quick. Like, from I remember from, you know, my mom first being concerned and everyone saying, well, it's a little late that she hasn't yet to actually going under the knife. I'd say it wasn't even six months. Okay, but what grade are you in And when you're 13? Maybe I don't remember 14. How old, like, what grade I was were you in? I was in grade nine at that point. Oh, you were ninth grade. I just, maybe I yeah. don't remember that. It just doesn't seem like super old, but anyway, so who cares? Like that's neither here nor there, right? I mean, the truth that like the fact is yeah. that that's what happened. They put you under, like, did you ever go investigating now that there's the internet and you could do all this research and stuff like whether they had to give you a partial hysterectomy, like whether that was something that had to be done or could you have lived with a broken uterus and carried a baby or no? Um, I could have lived with it, yes. I could have not carried a baby like that, no. Um, I obviously done some research here and there. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they had to remove it, to be honest. I think um, the gynecologist I had at the time, um, she was one of the leading in the country, and um, she just said to my mom, I guess, it would be best to remove it now while they were in there, and so that's what they decided. But it wasn't um, like if they left really it, never... it would have changed things. I mean, you would have woke up from that. No. You still would have woke up from that operation with really bad news, that devastating news. Like, you Absolutely. cannot have a baby. And I think for people that don't understand, like, uh, whether you're a woman and you just had a baby or that never happened to you, or you're a man and you don't even understand what it's like to be a woman. But I think that like, you know, every woman, it's just like a given, like you have a baby. You know what I mean? It's just like something that goes with you. It's just like, it's like a, like I said, like a given. So if you're like a woman that can't, you, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And it feels very unfair. As somebody that went through massive infertility in my life, I understand that on some level, you know? And, um, and what I think people, unless they've gone through sort of serious infertility or something like what you've been through, they don't understand maybe how much of a blow that is and why that would be something that would be so severe for someone to go completely haywire because you turn to like, like you said, drugs and alcohol and sex and all these kinds of things because it completely ruined you because you wanted to be a mom always. Like that was a very strong urge for you. And now at 14, Mm -hmm. you're told that like you were not 
able to, and it's almost like being defective, right? Like, or not a woman, you know, it doesn't, it seems, I'm sure, very unfair at the time. And like, what's the point? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then you got to think like, and I, you know, like if you meet a guy, right. And you want to get married and how do you tell him like, oh, like, you know, I can't have babies. Like, how does he get Yeah, it's like it's so much, it's such heavy shit. And at you're such a young age, like that's an age where you're dealing with so many other things at the time. Like as a woman, you know what I mean? Like body issues and the way you look and high school and fucking other girls and everything. Everything (laughs) is so hard to begin with. You don't need like something so hardcore like that on top of it. Like it's just, it's too much. It's too much. So, you know, it's very understandable. Yeah. different age I might have been able to handle it better but maybe when like you're 35 so young yeah maybe because yeah. you, you don't know what's is like how it's going to affect your life and it's going to affect your life and it's all like question marks right and it's just like and the only absolute Absolutely. is that you will not be able to have your own child and I think that is a very right. difficult thing considering that every yeah, other woman like, will be right except you that's what it feels right. like and, you know, Absolutely. there are a small majority of women that can and go through things, but it's not like it's not the majority of people, you know? I was watching, I went no. through many years of infertility and went through a lot of hard things to have a baby. And, like, I was watching Judge Judy the other night, and I was trying to take a picture of this, like, crazy woman on Judge Judy that had, like, six babies with, like, eight different fathers. <laughs> like, because I wanted oh to take a picture. Because she looked like an insane person. I wanted to send it to my sister and be like, why the fuck could someone like this have, like, eight babies and other women just can't? You know what I mean? Like, because, you know. I That's just it, yeah. You so, always see these people, and it's like, what the fuck? Why can you have kids? And you don't even fucking want them. Yeah, me, exactly. You know, yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. It's so it's so brutal for women that go through that, you know, and people don't talk about it enough for other women to be able to relate. So you feel very alone, right? So then what happens yeah. is you turn to drugs and alcohol. You said you got like slutty and you acted out that way. So why don't you take it from there? <laughs> so that, like we said, it was a major blow. And um, so I turned to blow, I guess say <laughs> I turned into a lot of drugs actually um I dabbled in everything you could imagine and uh, I lost my virginity shortly thereafter that and um probably from 14 to 17 was just like a fucking whirlwind of how like um you know my mom didn't very much like who I was becoming and that was hard so I ended up moving out and you know I ended up with the wrong guys and, you know, partying and just the wrong crowd. And I was trying to, you know, make myself feel better, but obviously it just made everything way fucking worse. Yeah, because you had 18 more problems. Right. Yeah, you're just digging your hole deeper and you're going to eventually have to get yourself out of that. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Absolutely. So it was just, it was hell on wheels. And um, so I ended up, you know, there was a point, and I went to see a counselor for a bit, actually, and she really helped, and she really helped me get my life back on track for uh-huh. a bit after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I started going back to high school. Um, I guess I had moved to a new city, too, in this time, so that was nice. It was kind of like a fresh start, so I was like, okay, I'm going to change who I am and, um, you know, maybe not be such a big slut this time around or whatever, and yeah. so I started this I started this new high school, and I meet some new people, but, you know, 
I find like no matter where you go, you always end up attracting the same kind of people. So. Well, you know, they Obviously, have that I'm saying. Like, no, no, no. The saying is like wherever you go, there you are. Like it's like it's yeah. people, a lot of people like move to the other side of the country when they want like a change within themselves. And they don't realize that like your problems go with you. Like you are who you are no matter where you live, right? I mean, so yeah, that's not going to be... You are your own problem. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So you wind up in the new place, but like you're still dealing with a lot of your same issues. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so I started uh, started a whole new life basically at 16, 17, no, 17, I guess. Um, uh-huh. Meeting people and um, this one guy, you know, we, we became really close friends and I was always the girl that, you know, needed to date the hottest guys in school, and, you know, I guess I put myself a little more attractive than the average person, so... So I you're like a, not, you're like a, that. wait, wait, you're like an 8.5 or a 9 on the scale of 1 to 10? What do you consider yourself? Yeah, I've been told that I was a 9 numerous times, so we'll say 8.5, 9 for sure. I mean, right now I'm probably a little bit more of a 7.5 because I gained a little weight with my miserable Mary attitude, but... Right. That's <laughs> besides the point. Right. So you were hot and you always had to get like the hottest guy and then you hook up and meet this guy, right? And you're like around 17 in your new town. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he was always a player and I knew that because we were very good friends for a while before we decided to get together. And then it just happened, you know, we were at a party and one thing leads to another and we ended up fucking that night. And um, I did have a boyfriend at that time. So I ended up having to break up with him. Um, so, and then me and this guy got together and, uh, we were together for quite a few years, all through high school, we were living together and stuff and, you know, up and down. Um, and so I graduated, I was late graduating school, obviously, cause I dropped out for a bit. So, um, graduated by the time I was 20, I think. Right. So, um, yeah, moving on then we go to college and, um. I come home the one day to find out that there's been this rumor. And the rumor is that this girl we all know is um, pregnant with um, my boyfriend at the time's baby. And so I'm like, what the fuck, right? And, you know, Um, I have to say, it's like, you know, it's not just like for any girl that would be horrifying. But for you, it's double horrifying. Because it's one, he cheated on you, and B, yeah, (laughs) B, this person's going to have with him what you could never have. So it's like your face is being just like shoved in the mud and like you can't, like, I mean, it's just like there's nothing worse than that. I mean, right? You're something that you can't deal with to begin with and now you're having to face it in the most horrifying position. (laughs) This is like really bad. Yeah, absolutely. It was honestly horrible. Yeah. I can still look back now and I think it still affects me to this day to be honest I mean you know I'm not as much obviously but I mean you still think about it and it's like what the fuck you know so um so that was a big long story and um you know we tried to work things out and it didn't happen and so I ended up breaking up with him so that thing ended right and then do you eventually do you meet this guy or do you go on another crazy binge of drugs and shit Oh, I went on another crazy binge uh-huh. <laughs> of drugs and fucking and partying. And so I ended up with that guy's brother for a little while after that. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, the guy that, that got you, pre- the guy, oh, was that like a re- kind of like a revenge fuck? 
I think so, yeah. But uh-huh. um, it turned into more than a revenge fuck because we ended up moving in together for a little while. And um, obviously that relationship was going nowhere and he was fucking crazy. Well, how come? Too, Is that so. because he was crazy too? Because like, I mean, maybe he was a great guy. He was crazy too, like the brother? The brother, yeah. The brother was crazy too. And like, they didn't speak. They'd never talked for like the longest time. Um so there was, like, a big thing there between them already. And then when me and the brother hooked up, I think it made it even worse. And so the craziness just blew up. And, you know, he was into drugs pretty pretty good, too. So, I mean, that fucks with your mind, too. And, I mean, the fights would get really bad and get physical. And Physical in what sense? For both of you beating each other up or just him beating you up? Just, just him beating me up. Um, it ended up, you know, cops came. He got charged. Like, it was it was pretty bad. I mean, I'm kind of walking over it now like it's no big deal. But that was, like, another thing going on at the same time, right? That was just messing me up. Like, um, I thought, the one night I really thought he was going to kill me, um, that was last night. That was the night the cops came. And that's when I like, packed my shit and moved out. Right. Uh, well, what unfortunately happens, and it's because it's like a snowball effect, like, effect, and you're like, you know, what's the thing that happened first, the chicken or the egg? Like, and eventually at this point in your yeah. life, like, the stuff that's happening to you, like, you're, you're a will, not that you're a willing participant, right? But you're not as much of the victim anymore because, like, you're going into these sort of situations. Uh, yeah, granted, you're yeah. fucked up on drugs and everything, but, like, you're so damaging because you're not working on yourself or fixing that part of you like you're doing all these things kind of to yourself right like I'm not saying that like I've did the same thing you know but it's not like oh you know what happened to you when you were younger where and you were so powerless when like your fucking uterus was taken from you without you know right it wasn't that situation now you're just wayward and you're your own you know you can't get out of the way of yourself and your own worst enemy you're dating stupid guys they're all terrible but that's what you're attracting to yourself because you're a mess right like attracts like yeah, I did it too. Absolutely, been there, done that. I yeah. totally understand. When you're a mess, you only attract messes, right? Yeah, so. of course. On some level, yeah. it's the same. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously, that broke off, and I moved out, and um, I ended up moving in with my dad then, actually, for a little while. Um, and that's when I met my now husband. Okay, uh, and what was his so, deal at the time? So his deal at the time was. Um, I I was living in a small town at that time, so I had actually seen this guy kind of walking by and stuff, and I always thought he was pretty hot, but I didn't know him, and nobody I knew knew him, and I knew pretty much everybody, so I was like, who is this guy? So one night, I'm actually with my aunt on Valentine's Day, and we're out having dinner, and um, this guy and his dad ends up coming in and sitting at a table behind us. Coincidental, right? The same guy so, that was walking by that you've always thought was kind of hot. Yeah, the, the mystery same guy, man. Yeah. The mystery man, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the mystery man, yeah, yeah. Is now sitting not even five feet from me. Yeah, that's crazy. So I got a little bit of liquid courage in me, of course. And, um, you know, my aunt at the time was like, go for it. Give him your memory, right? So, um, How old are you? Could I just ask you a quick question? How old are you at this point? Yeah. Um, at this point, I'm 22. Okay, cool. Twenty two. Twenty three. Okay. Twenty two or twenty three. Okay. One or the other. Yeah, early twenties anyway. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, I follow him outside and ask him if he wants to go for coffee sometime and uh like sure and he gives me his number and so I text him later that night and he didn't respond and I was like, What the fuck? Because, you know, I never had those problems. So <laughs> right. a couple hours go by and this guy finally responds and I'm like, Okay. So 
we wait a couple of days and we hang out and we go up to his place or whatever and we just hung out, you know, nothing happened, smoked a joint, whatever, and I went home and then I don't know, he aside from him being a mystery guy, he was really mysterious too, you know, like he would only talk to me here and there and then like we'd make plans and all of a sudden he would have to cancel them and I'm like, What the fuck is going on with this guy? Right. So it it turns out he was a closet junkie. So Oh, why gosh. didn't I know that? I should have. Yeah, I should have been able. To did you ever that do out, heroin? Your Did you ever do heroin yourself? No, okay. no, I've never done heroin. Okay, no, that's about the only drug I haven't done. Right, 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 right. So, uh huh. Yeah. Um, so he had it. So out. he was a closet. Dr- so how did you find out? Like, how long into your relationship did you find out? It was like four months into the relationship. Me. Like, you know, we'd only hang out every now and then, and then you'd disappear off the face of the earth for a couple of days, and and then finally, he just came out the one day we'd gone to a big fight, and he's like, okay, I smoke crack, and you know, I'm really ashamed of it, and that's why I always disappear, and I was like, what the fuck? So, I'm like, okay. Oh, it was crack, not heroin. It was crack, not yes, heroin. Crack. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, okay, I need to stay the fuck away from this guy. I've been down this road. It's not good. Um, I guess we could back up a bit. So the brother of my ex that I was sleeping with, he ended up passing away of a heroin overdose. So, I mean, after that, it kind of opened your eyes, you know, and it's just like, fuck, it could be me. It could be you, you know? So yeah, uh-huh. I wanted to stay away from that. I'm like, I'm early enough in the relationship. I should just go. And um, so I, I had tried to leave him at that point. And he, like, literally would call me, like, a hundred times a day. Like, he went crazy, and he was like, you know, I'll clean my ass up if you just come back, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, um, so, you know, that went on for a couple weeks, and I probably shouldn't have shared as much information with my mom at that time as I did, because wasn't planning on getting back with him, right? So that always um, happens, right? Going on. No, right? you tell your yeah. girlfriends. I mean, this in this case, it was your mom. Even worse. But even when you tell your girlfriends like yeah. all the bad shit about the guy when you're angry at him and you need someone to talk, and then you go back with him, and then they still fucking hate him, and yeah. you're like in La La Land again, and you like get mad at Absolutely. them. You get mad at them for still hating yeah. him, and everyone. That's why girls get like get in fights, big fights over shit like that. <laughs> But at yeah, least it was, it was sure. it's worse than it's your mom because, you know, this is going to yeah. be her future son I was just going to say, it was worse because it was my mom. Yeah. Like, my girlfriends, obviously, I told them to, but, like, they got over it and they're like, whatever, if that's what makes you happy, that's what makes you happy, you know, but... My mom wasn't so easy going that way. She was just like, why are you doing this? Yo, know, obviously like, you're... through enough shit. <laughs> yeah, but obviously your girlfriends were just as fucked up as you were. Because who's telling their girlfriend, oh, yeah, go back to your crackhead boyfriend. Like, if that makes you happy. <laughs> I mean, you don't no, know. No, I know, right? right? <laughs> but exactly. I mean, yeah. Okay, so he yeah, says he's going to no get himself... other up. than my mom. Right. He says he's going to get himself clean. Like, what well, did he get himself clean? He did get himself clean, yeah. So, I mean, there were a couple slip-ups here and there. And, I mean, you know, our relationship was up and down. And I had trouble trusting him for the longest time because of, A, what happened prior with my ex. And then the drugs, too, because um, a lot of people who are on drugs, you know, it changes them. And they become really good at lying and hiding it, right? Yeah, so totally. Uh-huh. You never know. And then all of a sudden, you start going a little bit crazier. And it's like, okay, what the fuck? You're doing drugs again, you know? So, um, the early years in a relationship, you know, a lot of that stuff happened. And 
um, we broke up a couple of times. Um, the one time we had broke up, because we had moved in together at this point, I guess. So um, I had found out he was doing drugs again, and I had moved out one day while he was at work. My girlfriend came and helped me pack up, and I moved to her place. And uh, we were broken up for, I don't know, two or three months at that point, and we had both started fucking other people. And um, I don't know why. There's just always something about this guy that drew me back. So here I go, get back with him again. He cleaned his life back up, and, you know, he stopped the drugs. And, um, about a year after that, he had asked me to marry him. So I said yes, which I knew was the wrong thing to do, um, at that point. Because, you know, when you just know you're just not meant for each other. Like, I'd already figured that out. But, like, I don't know. I just, I couldn't say no for some reason. I just felt bad saying no. And so here we are planning this wedding. And, like, I even ended up flying out be one of my friends for a couple days because I was like, dude, like, I should not be doing this. And, right. you know, she agreed and she's like, you know, just break it off now. And I'm like, I know, but we've done so much planning and spent so much money. And she's like, it doesn't fucking matter, you know, but stupid me. I don't know. I felt bad. And so I went through with it. And here I'm walking down the fucking aisle high as a kite on my wedding day. Oh, you were? Like Aaron high from what? Like when you say high, like high on weed, high, like uh, like what were you high on? Just high on weed, high okay. on pills. Right. Yeah, it, was, it was a mix at that point. Yeah. Okay. So here I come walking down the aisle just, you know, off in left field just to get through the day, I feel like. Um, I don't know why I did that. Again, you know, here I am self-sabotaging, doing something I know I shouldn't be doing, and I just forced myself to do it anyway. So... We got married. We went on our honeymoon. We fought like ninety percent of our honeymoon. It was rather shitty, let me tell you. But why yeah, did you spend ninety so, percent I mean, in the room? Is that what you said? Having fun or like? No, what? we spent ninety percent of the time fighting. Just oh, fighting! What were you fighting over? Such, just every stupid little thing. You know, I'd want to go out and do something. He just want to sit around and go to sleep. You know, or so. But like, was your relationship thing, you know? always like that? Like, were you incompatible in those ways too? Like in big ways and little ways? Yeah. Like you just couldn't stand each other, but you still wanted to marry each other. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. Right. Like we are totally incompatible in every way you could imagine, and for some reason, we both decided to marry each other. Is the sex and really like, good? No, we don't even have sex. I don't think I've had sex in years at this fucking point. So, I mean, in the beginning, the sex was good, yeah. But, but that wasn't what was pulling it. you back. No, it wasn't the sex at all. And I'm a pretty sexual person, I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's probably making me so miserable right now is the lack of sex and even just, you know, sexual things. I, I just don't feel it anymore right so right and you did tell me in your email that like you gained 60 pounds I mean we'll get to the present day eventually but like you know that's that all that kind of stuff is probably feeds into this whole thing of not having sex and then not feeling sexual and not and then you physically don't even look sexy anymore like it's just this whole you're like a hamster like running in that circle thing you know what I mean like you just can't get out it's just getting worse and worse (laughs) but um yeah so you went through with the marriage and then you're, so let me ask you this though. Like, how does it play out in yeah. a relationship? Cause I think it's like hard. Like how does he get, when he gets straight, right. And he cleans his act up. Does that mean he just gets straight from crack and he still smokes weed with you and drinks and stuff? Or does he get totally sober? Like, how is it that he could like, you're sitting there helping him when you're like getting high and doing all this stuff too. I think that's right now. 
Yeah. No, like, so he just gets um, clean from, like, the crap. So, like, he smokes weed with me, um, but he doesn't, it makes him really tired, so he doesn't really like to smoke it that much. Like, he smokes it before that kind of thing. Um, but he does drink, so he likes his beer. Um, he usually drinks beer every day. So, I don't, I wouldn't say he's an alcoholic, but, I mean, he likes to drink. So, I think that's kind of what, you know, keeps him kosher and okay and helps him get through through the days too, right? Oh my God, that's so funny. I don't think he's an alcoholic, but I definitely think he needs alcohol to be okay during the day. <laughs> I mean, like, do you hear what, Something, right? do you hear what that's, that sounds like? <laughs> Most people don't need alcohol <laughs> to feel okay during the day. <laughs> no, right? And I mean, no. he doesn't really drink during the day, but he drinks every day, so... Right, I so think, every night. And it's when he gets home, right? So I feel like, you know, if he drinks him because he's home and he's here with me and he's just as miserable, right? But it's like, as much as I feel like he's just as miserable as I am, every time I bring up the possibility or idea of, you know, maybe us separating, he, like, goes into this total, like, depresso, I'm going to kill myself fucking thing, and it's like, wow, <laughs> like, you know, every day of the last week you've been so miserable, and now I say, let's just end the misery and now you know that makes you miserable and if i'm not there you're gonna kill yourself and it's like but you don't make me feel like you like me like that you know yeah, this is one of those like wretched relationships that all of your friends like. It's like the the kind of relationship that makes you, if you're not in a relationship, happy that you're not in a relationship <laughs> because it's just yeah. so. It's just like bad on every level. I, you don't even have good sex, and you're just fighting all the time, and you're just miserable. And then when you want to leave, you just like, and that's like where you're at now. I mean, and it was always yeah. sort of bad, right? And it was always, and I'm not. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not going to get too heavy into this because this is not what this podcast is about. And I talk about it a lot on other podcasts, but I think both of you have like maybe issues with substance and stuff. Like, I don't know why you guys haven't sort of looked into that area in your lives, like both of you separately. You know, when was the last time he did crack? Like, when was the last time he fell um, off the wagon? I'd say about three three and a half years ago. Well, that's good. Like, it's been a considerable amount of time, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, like, he he had a problem with it for a long time. Like, he had gone to rehab, and, you know, he had tried, and it never worked for him. And so, you know, I feel like he did do it for me, and I think that's another reason I almost feel like I owe him something. But No, I, but I'm sorry, but, like, nobody like, could do something like that for somebody else. I really don't believe that. Right? No, like, no offense to you, miserable man. No. <laughs> but it's not like, <laughs> I mean, he could have said it was for you, and, like, maybe thank God you were there and you did help on some level, but like to really kick an addiction, especially something like crack cocaine, you really have to want it for yourself. I really feel that way. I think that someone could be a catalyst and could help you, but I really think he had to be ready to do it. And I think you have to give him credit and I'm sure you do. Right. And that's part of the reason why you stay right. That he was able to really kick that because that's a really hard thing to do. Right. And he made it through and came out to the other side, even though he fell off the wagon a couple of times, like he's been pretty solid for three and a half years. And that is something really great, but I do think he did it for himself. Like if I do leave, he will go back to that and then it will be my fault, you know? Yeah, that's like a weird Maybe fucked up guilt thing that you feel. It's it's hard. I, I understand that position. I mean, that's like a normal human being thing to sort of think and feel and worry about, especially when somebody throws on you like, I'm going to kill yourself. That My same boyfriend that I told you, didn't I just bring up a boyfriend? 
something about some boyfriend that cheated on me. Oh, and I stayed. Yeah, that one. He was like, he would like hang on my neck, crying, gasping for air, like that he was going to kill himself. Same fucking shit, you know, that kind of, that kind of a thing. And then, you know, eventually I broke up with him, even though he was hanging on my neck, crying and threatening to kill himself. (laughs) And just so you know, he never did. Okay, so I don't know, but it is a heavy right. thing, and it's very selfish for somebody to throw that into somebody else's face because it is like a controlling thing. Because it like is. he says yeah. it to you, and then you can't go right. But let's still talk about the story. So like all this happens, like, you have a terrible thing. He finally kicks three years, but like every day is just like miserable. Like when did you start like losing, like gaining the weight and everything? Because I know you said that like you know you're in this bad relationship, plus you gained sixty pounds. I mean that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Wait to gain. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, and it's been in the last year. Uh-huh. Um, and so I've always had an up and down weight, I'll be honest. Oh, okay. Um, like How old are you now? Skinny, 30? Sorry. How old are you now? I'm 30, yeah. Okay. 30. Okay. Yeah. So I've never been, like, super skinny, but I've never been fat either, right? Right. Like, I've always just been, like, in between. Like, and my weight fluctuates all the time, but I always look good, right? Mm-hmm. But right now, I don't look good. And, you know, um, when I started to gain the weight, I really did try to, like, get my workout routine back and get back to eating better. And um, for some reason, the time it just isn't helping and it's not working. And I just kept piling the weight on, even though I was doing everything to stop it, right? So I kind of feel like maybe hormones might be playing into it at this point as well. So I am, you know, getting that looked at. Um, But at the same time, like, I feel like I always put on the weight when I'm miserable. So that's something in my life I've noticed. Yeah, it's not like, listen, I mean, when, when you're having so, when something like that is going on and everything in your life is like super great, like you could say it's like maybe your hormones, but there is like that bo- mind-body connection thing. Like, you know, so if you do get like super depressed and you are really unhappy, it will affect your hormones and your thing. And, you know, and it will. So, yeah, maybe it is your hormones, but it's not like, you know, like it's not a coincidence that this happens like just when you're like, like unhappy and miserable, you know, it's like uh it's like a thing. It definitely goes together. And probably the only way you will lose that weight and shed that is just like when you let go of all of this stuff. I think like the weight is like symbolic of like all the stuff that you're holding in. I mean, to be so miserable and so unhappy for so many years, do you know what I mean? Like that's what all that weight is, you know? Did you say that you were trying to have a baby with your guy and like you're like started the process? What's the deal with that? So, yeah, um, so we have decided to go with surrogacy because mm-hmm. um, I obviously can't carry my own baby. Um, and that kind of goes a bit back to a question you had asked me about um, what it is that draws me to my husband. And I think that's a lot to do with it. So um, uh, he's only the second guy I ever told about my issue with having babies. Yep. Um, and he was the first guy to be very open about it and okay with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he obviously had to think about it and see if that's that well with him and whatever. And so he said, you know, I'm, I'm here for the long run and I'm okay with doing this and whatever it takes for us to have a baby, I'm good with. So I think... Knowing that and him being so okay with it, I think it just made me comfortable. And I'm like, okay, well, if I stick with this guy, you know, at least I'll get what I want. And yeah, as as I found, yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's where I'm at now. So I think that's a big portion of why I stay because you know we've talked about it. We decided to go forward with this, and it's like, you know, how far into the. Well, because, uh, why? Because, you know, when you have a kid, right, after, like, all the, uh, 
like, you know, sort of amazingness of all of it goes away, right? It is a very difficult thing. And I see, I'm a single mom. And by the way, I used a surrogate. Okay, so we could talk about that. But I am... I'm a single mom, so I don't have to deal with a guy and all the problems that sort of come about when a couple is, you know, has a baby and all the stress is like involved in because, but I see it in my girlfriends and my mom, my other mom friends who are in relationships and, you know, definitely a, a, a baby, a newborn and a toddler and an infant and that, that stage, you know, it's, it's a strain on a relationship for sure, you know, so it's like, you know, I know that you want to have your baby for sure, but it just like, would the baby bring you guys together or, you know, make you go further apart? I don't know. And then at that point, would you just be happy to have your baby and you would leave him? I don't know. Like, we you know, it's like a serious thing that you have to think about because, you know, he will be the father of your child and he, so he will be in a part of your life for the rest of your life, regardless of whether you're going to be with him or not. How far into the surrogacy thing um, are, so yeah. we've both gone for a test and everything's good in that way. So we're basically at the part where we pick a surrogate and a surrogate and we don't work with it at this point. So, okay, but have you found the right agency? Are you signed up for an agency? Or like, how are you going to find that? Are you doing it through an agency? Or you think you're just going to find the surrogate on your own? Do you know someone that's going to do it for you? Well, we had known someone that was going to do it for us. But um, just because her first pregnancy didn't go so well and her baby was premature and stuff, um, my doctor had talked to me out of it, so that kind of put a halt on things. So then I'm, I didn't really know anyone else that I would be open to asking. So I was like, well, why don't we look into the agencies? So I have started researching, and you notice they say I a lot because mostly everything I do is I. There's no we here anymore. Uh-huh. So I have started looking and trying to find yeah a clinic to go to um, to do go through an agency. Right. And then you also have to get your eggs removed, right? And so that you could have the embryo and all that kind of stuff. So, okay. And listen, most of couples, it's just normal that the woman does all that shit and the guy doesn't. I'm just saying it's not like a problem within your relationship. That's very common. I think men and women are sort of wired very differently. I think women could do like 10 things at once and men could do one. And I don't think that that's like, oh, someone's better than somebody else. I just think that's a fucking fact. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, a man goes to work and he does what he does. And like, you can't expect your guy to do certain things. It's just not in their nature. You know, I think, listen, and I definitely think that there's some guys that pitch in a lot more than others, you know, but like you can't sort of say that like your guy, like, you, you know, the I thing in your relationship oh, I, is. I can, though, Kathy. Like my guy doesn't <laughs> pitch in anywhere. <laughs> I <don't>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know yeah. how, you know, like I think maybe you trained him improperly or like did he just like bait and switch you like he was really great in the beginning or not. Listen, you've put up with the fact that he's been like a partner that hasn't been ideal this whole time, right? I mean, you or, knew from day one, yeah. supposedly. It yes, wasn't the right absolutely. situation and you're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you yeah. it's not like, it's like what you signed up for and it's what you know, right? And yeah. it, and knowing absolutely. that, you're still moving forward and going to try and have a baby with him. Now, is that right I or know, wrong? I don't know. It's right? such a big, <laughs> well, is it stupid? I don't like, listen, I mean, 
I, it's so hard when there's like big things like this on the table as far as like there might be a child that's born and a human being. And like at the end yeah. of the day, like I think about people who sort of made dumb decisions and had a baby with the wrong person. But like when you think about their child, you're like, oh my God, but that that person wouldn't exist, you know? So looking back, you're like, okay, it was all sort of meant to be. So to tell you, for me to sit here and tell you like, don't do it. Like I, I can't make that decision in your life. That's too big of a thing. Maybe it's meant to be that you're supposed to have a baby with this guy and who knows what the fuck happens I don't know maybe it would bring you together maybe it'll make you apart but like you will have your baby so I I don't know what the right thing like most people would say no don't have a baby with him you have a terrible relationship right. with him you guys don't get along yeah, and I've, go on yeah like I've never verbalized that to anyone right I have a problem saying it because I know it's wrong I know what I'm doing is wrong so I think I have a problem saying what I'm doing because I know it's wrong. And so verbalizing it makes it a reality. And then it really makes a couple of things like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. Well, and that's where you're wrong. I've that's why you're it. wrong. Uh-huh. That's why it's wrong to not verbalize yeah. it. That's why it's wrong. Because I remember you did say in your email that like you've isolated yourself. You don't really have any friends because you're like almost like living like a secret life. Like, you know, but if you had friends yeah. and you were like holding yourself accountable by telling people what you're doing, maybe people would speak up, right? And help you and empower the Absolutely. part of you that needs to be empowered to get the fuck out of your situation and make some changes. You're really right. not that old. You're 30 years old. Okay. It's not like you're know, 37 <laughs> and I know, but trust me, you're not at 30. I remember like, honestly, 30 is like a weird age. I was 30 right once. And I remember it because it's one of those milestone things. And you do suddenly feel old. You do suddenly feel like this urgency to do shit and life is going by and all that stuff. But trust me, it's not like you're still okay, especially having babies like you still have like, you know, if you were like 37 or 39, I would say like, you don't you know, you got to fucking do this shit. You got to like, you know, but you're only 30. Like you could have a baby in two years from now and still be okay. You're going to use a surrogate. So it's not like there's a time limit on you. Your eggs are probably fine, right? Like there's nothing wrong with your egg, yeah. right? You just don't have the uterus to no. carry the baby. I personally don't think that that's right. that big of a deal to tell another guy. I get that you're like hanging on to this guy because he's the one that sort of accepted it. But I don't think that, you know, if you met the right guy, right, and you're in a relationship and, you know, and you told him, I really want babies, but this is my deal. I could have a baby. I just can't, you know, carry the baby. We would have to get a surrogate, but it would be yours genetically and his genetically. Like, what's the big deal? I really don't think if the guy really loved you that that would, I don't think that's a, that big of a deal. I think you know, and I think the right guy, if he really loved you and you told him I could, and maybe you adopt, but I do think that's a much harder pill to swallow. And maybe that's a situation that's a harder in a relationship, right? To bring up, but that's not the case with you. You can have a baby. You just need a surrogate to carry it. And it would be that guy and yours genetically, you know, baby. So biological that's, baby. That's the flip side of things. Cause I, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And to be honest with this whole surrogacy, issue with us there have been so many roadblocks since we have started it that i feel like maybe that's the sign that i should be doing this wait there's been so many what (laughs) there's been so many what i was just saying what sorry there's been so many what's happened so many what so many roadblocks. Oh, yeah, but let me just tell you, please, 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 please. I, you know, I used to be like a spiritual person that thought like, oh, roadblocks, like if you're when you're doing the right thing, all the doors open and all that shit. But like, that's bullshit. Right. Okay. Sometimes roadblocks yeah. are put up <laughs> because you need to prove 
to the fucking universe that you this is really what you want and sometimes roadblocks come up for people that don't feel deserving of things and that's just because you're fucking damaged goods okay and I was one of those person I try to tell people all the time like whenever I've done anything for myself that's good for myself that maybe like is just fucking easy for regular people for me it's like I'm moving forward and there's like 10 bricks on my back and there's like a chain connected to them and I have to carry them forward do you know what I mean so there's always been roadblocks Yes, there's always roadblocks for me when I'm doing big things like that and not for other people stuff that for other people the door just open so it and it's definitely not a sign that you're not supposed to doing is doing things it's a sign that you're damaged that you have shit going on that you have self-esteem issues deserving issues that you probably should be in therapy talking with somebody but you absolutely should move forward and keep just tackling those roadblocks and moving ahead. That stupid shit about like, oh, it's not meant to be. That's like a lazy way of thinking. No, it really is. And I used it as a cop out for a long time to sort of not face certain parts of myself and not do the hard thing. And, you know, honestly, this is what I said to my friend once who was saying the same thing about you. Like, like, do you really think like who's like someone that you think and look up to that's like super successful and like admire like who like Oprah Winfrey? Like, let's think of her. Do you think that she like hits a roadblock in her life and is like, oh, not meant to be like, no, anybody super successful hits tons of roadblocks. The difference between them and people that are kind of like losers are that they just stop when things get difficult or when there's a problem or when the, a door is closed on them. You, do you understand? So nothing that's happened to you means that it's not meant to be, okay, at all. What's not, what might not be meant to be, okay, is the facts of the situation. And that's something that you have to put on the table and think about for yourself. The fact that you're in a miserable relationship, you're not happy, you're probably not happy with yourself and you probably need to start there. You know, isolating yourself is very bad for depression and for your overall sense of well-being. You need to start letting people in. You need to start being honest about where you're at and what's going on in your life. Maybe you take a one-year break from the baby thing while you sort of figure things out. You're, no one's going. Your eggs are not going anywhere. Like you've been, you were born with them. They're 30, 31. It's not going to be any different. And, you know, and start letting your friends back in, maybe get into therapy and start talking about it and see where you go. I don't know. Listen, you're like a person that has, you came into this relationship with your own set of problems, right? So would you be totally happy with somebody else? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe there is a better. My big question, is it me that's just not happy? You know, like. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I'm not happy. No, it's not that you're ruining things. It's just that you set you you like what happens when you feel not deserving and when you have low self-esteem, you only feel like comfortable attracting things to yourself that are less than what other people have, you know, and that's a very common problem. So it's not like you're ruining things. It's not like it's your fault. It's just like where you're at evolution wise right now, you know, but if you work on yourself and you better yourself, right, and you continue to do that, that will change, you know, it doesn't mean that like it doesn't mean that you need to stay with this person it doesn't mean that you're not going to stay with this person. who knows what happens when you sort of work on yourself you know your guy worked on himself Absolutely. he got himself off of crack cocaine like that's a major thing yeah. that he did in his life you Absolutely. you need to work on stuff for yourself the fact that i remember you telling me in your email too that you can't you're still not over that first boyfriend that fucked the other girl and got her pregnant because that's probably no. a really that probably 
pushed the buttons of that initial thing of you waking up from surgery when you were 16 years old and being told you can't have a baby and that's all connected. You need to like go back to all of that that whole situation and resolve it somehow in yourself because it's really fucking up your life now. Do you know what I mean? And if you really No, I totally agree. And if you really think about it, you're okay. There surrogacy is available. Who cares that you don't have a uterus anymore? Like I get that, you know what I mean? Because you can have a baby. It's just not going to be mm-hmm. in your belly. And that's, I don't know, for me, I never gave a shit about having a pregnancy actually was the biggest fear of my life. I never wanted to be pregnant, but I wanted a baby. <laughs> so I kind of yeah. got my wish. I don't have any regrets like, oh, I didn't know what it's like to like get really big and have a baby in my belly and have it come out my vagina. But, you know, I, but I think that that's a very much though, but I totally get if that's something that um, somebody has as a. Uh, a dream you know in life and that is hard mm-hmm. to sort of let go but like I'm just here to tell you that like we're how many years away from that this is the facts this is where you need to sort of live your life from that that happened to you that's the cards you were dealt it's not that bad because you mm-hmm. can have a baby and now you have to figure out how to have that baby in the right way and you but you need to right. first to me, it's uh, you need to first start working on yourself because most likely, even if you change this relationship, you'd wind up in another bad relationship. Do you know what I mean? I completely agree. They're, they've all been bad. Everyone I've been in, none has been better than the next. Right? Me too. So, Did you hear about my I, book that I wrote? Yeah. I mean, it's like one chapter after. I, it's like, I ordered your book, actually. I can't wait to get it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sure I'll have a couple laughs and a couple of times where I'm just like, I so get this. But yeah. Yeah, you will so, totally. That's you, when you start to wonder, is it me that's the problem and not just everybody else? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, listen, tons of people have problems. So big deal, you have fucking problems. Yeah, you have problems. I, every one of my boyfriends were, was a bad relationship because I need to resolve things within myself. You know, that's, just, and there are a lot of people that yeah. are like that. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of people have like these great relationships on the surface that you think, oh, they're, why is everyone so normal? And uh, most people are fucked up anyway. So it's not like yeah. you're so alone in this, you know, it's pretty common common you know to to have these kind of issues and you're still super young and the fact that like you're talking about this that you emailed me that you're ready to sort of start saying this shit out loud is a big step for you and I think it's like a turning point and I think it's really great and it does show that that part of you that knows that you actually do deserve better the you know is mm-hmm. is is trying to speak up and what needs to happen is that part of you needs to take over Okay, but you have a subconscious part of you when you have issues like this. I have it too. You have a subconscious part of you that you're you can't even fucking touch that will control you sometimes and make you do things. So I've said this before my podcast, it becomes like a battle uh, like of you against you. Do you understand? You have to know that there's always fighting myself. (laughs) Yes, but you have to do that. You have to fight that part of yourself that doesn't think you deserve a baby. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And you need to yeah. fight with that part. Like I said, it will feel like mm-hmm. bricks on your back, like you're walking forward, not even bricks, boulders, okay? And it's so difficult for things that other people, for other people are so easy and that's just who you are mm-hmm. and where you're at and that's what you have to deal with, but you have to do it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I think you're so right. Like I, I realize that I'm there, that I need to work on myself. Um, I've been in a relationship all my life forever you know and I'd never spend that time working on myself and I know when and if I do get out of this relationship like this time I do need to sit back and work on me because I know there's a lot of issues there don't get me wrong but I think it's knowing that I have to do that and the uncomfortableness of it I think of because course I'm not good with being 
right? So. Of course. It's devastating what's going to happen yeah. to you that you, you know what I mean? And you're going to go through. It's not like I always tell people, it's like, not like the movies. It's not like you're going to, it's like yeah. it's, you're going to do the right thing and, it, you know, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be really hard effort. It's like every ending is like a death and change is really brutal and difficult. And ending your relationship and changing your life is going to be really hard on you and is not going to feel good at first, right? But eventually yeah. it's going to be the best thing for you and it's going to be really great. But I suggest not making any drastic changes yet. Maybe just start, like I said, start letting your friends and start having those conversations, maybe get into therapy. And then you will probably just naturally get to the place that you want to leave your relationship. And then you leave your relationship and then you figure out, you know, then you work on yourself. And then when you're really ready, I think, and I've said this before too, like, don't get me wrong. It's not like you have to be a perfect person to be in a good relationship. You really don't. You just have to get to the place where you think you're deserving of it do you know what I mean and that's the difference it's like yeah. tons of people with problems are in great relationships there's no reason why you don't deserve like a great guy and not that your guy isn't great you guys are just not compatible right it's not like you've said anything no. that terrible okay. about him right well no, no he did beat you didn't he no that was, that was the other guy my, yeah the no, guy you're still in love no, with my husband is honestly he's a really great guy for the most part I mean he's pretty shitty in some areas don't get me wrong but He's a good person. Right. Um, he had some other areas of his own he could work on for sure. Of course. But he is very open to me finding myself as well. So that's always good. Right. Because so I think you shouldn't leave that. that re- yeah, I think you shouldn't leave that relationship, um, you know, just yet. I think you should start working on yourself and figuring things out. I think you should put the surrogacy thing on hold. You could even tell him you just want to listen. It's very expensive to have uh, surrogacy and oh, eggs yeah. removed and everything. It's a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's worth it. Yeah. And it's something you should definitely do. Um, but you yeah. know, I think that you, uh, you, ch- I think that you doing all of this stuff in while you're still in your relationship is okay. You, and then you'll figure it out because right now I don't think you're ready to leave and you don't know what the right thing to do is because you've been just like sitting on all of this stuff for so long. Like I said, I think open mm-hmm. yourself up, start talking to people again about it because what happens when you tell people like, Shit, it holds you more accountable to doing something about it. Do you know what I mean? It's like whenever I quit drinking or quit smoking, I would tell everyone I was going to do it. So then I look like a fucking (laughs) asshole if I didn't. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. Right. You're hiding out now because you don't want anyone to think you're a fucking asshole and because you're not doing anything. Right? Right. And this is always the first step for me before I spiral out of control. I know that. I know that when I start isolating myself that shit's going to go bad from here right and I mean this has been you know I've been probably isolating myself for at least the six last six to nine months so um I think just even taking that first step I said to you when we were emailing I was so nervous to do this and I think because I finally had to say it out loud right yes it's huge so different than something I would normally do normally I would just throw it all away and spiral right so I'm kind of happy to that step and I think that's where your advice here is so great and exciting to you I just, I think I'm worried about the response that I'm going to get because I know what I'm doing is wrong. So, obviously, when you know that it makes it harder to say it out loud, right? Yeah, totally. Because you're like, okay, if it's wrong, then I have to do like, uh, do all these things to change it. And there's all these endings and there's like uh, just hard, hard work ahead. Right. But like, just take one thing at a time. Like I said, you know, I think it's like, um, 
What happens when you make a decision in your life and if you really decide like this is your time and you do want to change because you do want to have a baby and you want to do it the right way, you know, things start happening in your life to create that change for, you know, and I always say to people like if that's what you really want, like, you know, what happens in situations like this is like if you don't take control of your life and make those changes yourself, those changes will be kind of made for you. And that's a lot harder when it's out of your control, even though it's what you want on some level when it's done without mm-hmm. you sort of making it happen it's even more devastating but it's like the person that like yeah. hates their job and then they get fired it's like well you hated your fucking job like if you hate your fucking like you you know those friends that are like i hate my job i hate my job it's like you better fucking quit now yeah. because and leave and do yeah, what's right exactly. because eventually you're gonna get fired because it's what you want on mm-hmm. some level and it's gonna happen yeah. and you're gonna be freaked out because you're gonna be jobless and it's gonna be this whole fucking problem so like take control of it now because like you said you know that what happens is things then spin out of control because on some level you know shit needs to change so you have to like start doing the right things and make this change in a more responsible way right so I think start talking to your friends talk to your mom and I think like I don't know that I don't know like you know with your guy you know, I don't know what the right, like, I, I don't, I'm not here to say break up with your guy tomorrow. I think you should uh, yeah. see where the chips lie. I think you should just focus on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, you know, I've always been so afraid of doing that. I think that's my biggest problem. So I'm always like, no, you're the problem. And I'm just going to go now. Right. So like you said, even if I go, it's not going to change anything for down the road or the next relationship. Unless I make a change first. So yeah. I honestly think it's great advice. <laughs> and I really think like you just need to like sort of like the right therapist will really help you sort of reframe. It's called reframing. Like reframe like what happened to you with that surgery and that that thing that happened to you when you were 16 you know you need to go back reframe it and and fix that because that really changed the course of your life and um you know there's no reason why you don't deserve all the things that everybody else can have like a good relationship like happiness within a relationship like a, a your child all that stuff and you will have it you just need to get to the point where you feel like you deserve it and even if you get to the point where you feel like you deserve it there still might be that part of you that's trying to fucking hold you back and you just have to move ahead don't listen to any roadblocks just look at them as a challenge and just don't accept no for an answer you want that baby you've always wanted that baby you'll have your baby Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's the other stuff you need to figure out yes you will of course you will that's what you want and you deserve it you know you just want to do it maybe in a better way like not right now while you hate your fucking guy and you feel miserable and you have no friends and (laughs) you know it's just it's not like moving ahead with the baby is just like and ignoring all your problems it's just like you're gonna have a lot more problems after and you don't want to have these problems and dealing with it while you're dealing with the baby because what happens is if you have that baby you're looking at another 18 years before you focus on yourself again because that whole thing about like oh you have a baby and it's all about the kid is very true okay I haven't bought myself Mm -hmm. shit in almost two years it's like I go shopping I can't buy myself anything <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me I, it's like okay. everything is about him like you just lose yourself and it's it's like at first it's not that good but you eventually find yourself but like trust me and once you have a baby mm-hmm. you're not gonna be working on yourself and you know you w- kind of want to do as much work on yourself you don't have to be perfect okay like no one's perfect no but just start Absolutely. just get the ball moving and I really think 
that you calling in here and putting this shit out there is means that you're ready. It, this is you. This is about uh, yeah. you wanting to do something. It's about you not wanting to be in the place that you've been in for the past six to eight, nine months. Do you know what I mean? So it, that's right. that's yeah, good. Absolutely. That's the good news. For sure. You know? I'm so thankful for your con- podcast because of that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's but what all this... listening to the stories on your podcast and stuff, right? And just your advice and... I knew you'd be the right person to talk to. Yeah, and you read my fucking book, you'll feel so much better about your relationships. Like oh, you I had like you had like book. you had like maybe two long term relationships. I had like eighty short term ones. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> it's no different than one person that was married to the wrong person their whole life. I'm like, I just dated like eighteen guys, you know, that were wrong and it's the same shit, you know, twenty right. years of my life yeah. miserable in one relationship that went bad to another. I mean, you don't even have to read the whole thing. Just open up to any chapter and read one and you'll be like wow I'm not that fucked up Kathy was way more fucked up than I was <laughs> right <laughs> but if you kind of <laughs> yeah but if you read it as a whole thing it is kind of like a little bit of a self-help book because you definitely see me like quitting drinking and going sober and and things changing and dealing with certain parts like each chapter ends with like what I learned from that negative situation because that's ultimately what I believe over everything like life is really difficult and we have all these things and we might be fucked up but even the most terrible things that happen and the most terrible people that come into our lives they really are there to help us that's what I believe I swear you know even my worst yeah even my worst boyfriends I feel very grateful for having because I learned something from those relationships I remember there was one guy in my book Dirty Dave you'll get to him he was like a stinky hippie that was so mean to me but he was like my father it was like dating my father and it was very and and I remember we stayed friends afterwards and him like apologizing like I'm so sorry that I did and I was just like don't worry like I'm so grateful for what you did if anything you're like an angel Mm -hmm. that came into my life and taught me the most vicious lesson in the hardest way but that really helped me and changed me forever uh because of it so you know I think that's the way to look at shit and that's the only way you move forward without being bitter because a lot of people that have a lot of problems and are dealt bad cards like you could get bitter really fast and that's just no way to live life do you know what I mean right yeah you don't want. And I feel like I've always tried to yeah. not hold on to things, but I feel like that's one of my biggest problems is that I do hold on to things as much oh. as I try to not. I do. So yes, and that's a, just a human being thing. How could you not? We're so complicated, and like I said, there's a subconscious, right. and the things that happen to you that you're holding on to are heavy things, you know. And uh, most people would hold on to them. Like you just need some help, like releasing that and changing that, so that you could move on with your life. And like I said, you're super young, and you have the rest of your life ahead of you, uh, and you'll be fine. This yeah. is what like you being well, thanks, in your thirties is all about. <laughs> no, thank you for calling in. Right? And keep me posted, and you know, after you read my book, let me know. You could just like send me like you know an email like ha 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 like you are really oh, fucked I up. Will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would. So, trust me, I will send you an email after. All right, awesome. So thanks for calling in, and keep me posted on what's going on. All right, thanks, Mary. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast 
at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.